0: Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry, entirely uncut and unscripted. Hey Evan, (laughs) that's another podcast day. I started it and I surprised
1: myself. Yeah. With the start. You surprised me with the start.
0: It was just so random.
1: Yeah. It was was like, boom. I was in the middle of like, just about saying something to you. You were, um,
0: but in fact you didn't. Yeah. So this is a not so serious day. It's going to be a short podcast. We're not going to bore you
1: (laughs) for too long now
0: for too long. We will just bore you for a short amount of time today. Um, we talk about artistry, industry, Today is a not-so-serious day, meaning that we don't have the topic, so we'll just get into it as we go. And uh, yeah, there's always stuff to say, man. <laughs> I always got something to say. I always have something to say about filmmaking, I find. Yeah. You know, filmmaking or screenwriting, because I'm always working on something. And, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. One thing that I've been working on right now is kind of like just teaching people how to, you know, how to actually direct film and stuff like that. So that's mm-hmm. been kind of my most recent focus. And like, um, and also I've been teaching some people about some script stuff, but when it comes to the directing, um, one of the big things is like uh, moving the camera, you know? And so um, kind of teaching young directors how to actually move the camera and like be intelligent about it. Like, you know, think about it because you know, want to make sure that it's story driven and not like just doing it for aesthetics, not just doing it for production value. Because like moving the camera can up the production value, but if it's not story motivated, it just ends up being a bunch of random moves and then it doesn't really cut together. And, um, you know, I think as a director too, like I've worked with cinematographers or people who have given a little bit of freedom and I have to explain to them that like, if you're going to move the camera, I want you to make sure that you're thinking about how this actually works in context of the story, because cinematographers can get be like, oh, this shot will be beautiful. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's great that it's going to be beautiful, but does it serve the story that I'm trying to tell here? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, I've acted and directed in movies, right, and produced, and it's a lot of hats to wear. So yeah. you can't always like baby your cinematographer through a process and and kind of be on them. Sometimes you're like in a scene and you're like doing it. Yeah. And like if they're not shooting it the way that you want, you know, you might you might not really be able to focus. And mm-hmm. like if you have an assistant director or even a creative assistant director, who's kind of there helping you out, they might not, they might miss this stuff too. Right. And so, you know, I'm really kind of, cause I'm getting more into directing myself. So as I'm teaching, I'm also kind of evaluating my process and like going, okay, Oh yeah. I want to make sure that whenever we move the camera, we do so purposefully and story motivated, character motivated, not just aesthetics and production value motivated.
1: You know, I think that's where sometimes having like having a good storyboard put up like your, your shots. Like I know like, um, Martin Scorsese, he, he still draws all of his, his own shots out. He does his own like shot list and he draws them out himself. Right, sits down because he has such a specific thing in mind. But you know, he still continues to work with like, I mean, from like the, some of the best. But still, like people that I'm sure he trusts. Yeah, you know, to do it. You know, like to for one, he's already laid out, down like a nice framework for everything. So, um, but I think working with somebody like working with people that you value and admire is like, is like probably one of the best ways that you can do it. Cause I mean, you know, nobody's going to ever know exactly what you're thinking necessarily. But if, at least if you're working with somebody that you, that you, you know, you admire what they do, like it kind of gives you a level of trust and they might be able to bring something to the picture that you didn't, that you didn't think.
0: I think also like, you know, as a director too, you have to, you have to be willing to fight a little for your vision. And it's, it's about, you know, having your story be a value because I think, you know, I've worked like when I was directing films, right. I was, you know, I was just 20 year old kid and, you know, I was working with lots of people that were older than me, more experienced and stuff. And I definitely, there was some battles of egos because, you know, working with older people and they feel like they know everything or whatever. Or you're this young guy who doesn't, you know, whatever. And, um, it's interesting because, you know, uh, it's important to fight for the value of story and character because like, you know, you can get a cinematographer who's just trying to pad their demo reel, so to speak Mm. with your show, right? With your project. And so they're just trying to get in some aesthetic shots so that, cause they have this, they have a vision for how pretty they can make it look. And I'm like, right. I don't care if that shot's more pretty. It might be more pretty, but if it, if it's not serving the story yeah. that I'm trying to tell, I don't want it. I don't, I don't yeah. care because, you know, and then you have to evaluate and that's
1: a tough thing to catch because some people yeah. would catch that, Yeah. you know, like, um, and I mean this in terms of like, you know, this, the, the film is done. It's been, it's been, cut put together and it's out there. And, you know, a lot of people would just be like, be like, oh wow, look at that shot. But some people like would go, what a weird shot at this moment in time. You know, there's like, yeah, it's, it, and it's a harder thing to catch, you know, like once you get to that point, you know, like it's like, I feel like people who are really involved in the, in, in the craft and the art would just be like, that shot's out of place. Like that shot was just there for the sake of, its own self as opposed to contributing anything to the story, right? Well, and I think a lot of
0: the time most audiences won't notice. They'll just, like, shots create a feeling. And the thing is, is that the the yeah. audience that's not involved in the it's film It's like industry, the music, you know? Yeah. It's like,
1: like a soundtrack to a movie. Yeah. People are probably more familiar with how a soundtrack can affect, you know, like a film and the tone and feel. People probably have a better understanding of that. I think people a lot of people are necessarily aware that the shots actually played probably just as big a part in it as the music does. Well, they, you know, but they it's do, just yeah. like, you're just kind of, you're just always kind of watching it. You know, it's like, you don't, you know, like it's, it's a harder thing to, again, it's kind of a harder, murkier thing to pin down. It's interesting
0: with, with um, filming and editing, because like what you're doing is you're basically the audience only has one choice like right now like if without VR the audience can only look where you tell them to look and they can look as close as you make them or as far away as you make them they don't get to decide that so yeah. We are trained audiences. We accept that if the if the filmmaker wants us to look at a wide shot, that we accept that. We don't fight it. We just go, okay, well, that's what I'll do. I'll look at this whole you know big scene yeah. because they're giving me the wide shot. And when they give you a close up, you get the close up, and you just accept that. Yeah, I should be looking close at them. We as audiences, unless we're involved in the film industry, unless we're like directing or thinking about story and shots. A lot of us aren't going to notice what's happening. Just like, you know, if you're not involved in music, you might not notice the little things they're doing. Right. But the thing is, is that you can kind of, um, you can get away with, with shooting your film and the audience doesn't know why they don't like it or why they're not, you don't know why they're not responding to it, but it's because you put them in positions that they don't want to be in and aren't really the smartest to positions to be in or the best positions for them for the story and character. Like for example, here's one thing I always see. This is more of an editing problem, but right. um you have a dialogue scene. Two people are talking and one person asks someone a question. And they ask them like some big question like, did you sleep with my wife? Now when when that person asks that question, we don't want to see the person that asked the question. We want to see the person that the question is being asked to. And what'll happen a lot of the time with these um with, with a lot of these is they'll hold the camera, they'll hold the shot on say the lead or they'll hold it on the person who's talking as opposed to like switching it off to the person who's not talking and the reaction and that's what we want to see. But you as the director and the editor, you get to determine what we look at. So if we really want to see the other person and you're not sensitive to that, then you miss out on that audience chance. Because yeah. like if we were in a play and someone asked the question I would look to the person if they asked a question like that, right? I would look to that person and be like, what are they going to do? What's the reaction? I, I, even if they don't say anything, I just want to see how they take that question. Yeah. So yeah, it might mean, be in the middle of a monologue for the other character and they don't even right. answer.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I don't know, actually, because it, it's, again, it, it all, everything kind of demands a different, well, It depends what, different you're thing, you know, what you're trying to do, you know, what you're trying to do, you know, like maybe it's like, it's like maybe the guy who's asking already knows, right? Right, and there's like depending on on the tone well, see, of this the thing. What what's going on, yeah. and it's like, did you sleep with my wife? And like maybe you want to hold the shot. You don't like. It's like we're not even going to show how that person's responding because yeah. it's like maybe we as an audience we already know he did, yeah, or something, right? And it's like, and we want to just see the guy's intensity or whatever, or d- depending on what's going on. Or, who knows if it's just like you sit with my wife, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like you know. There's yes, there's totally. different tonalities. How we ask the question. Ask the question. I mean, how that's getting going? into into like acting and interpretation. But, this is but
0: story, character driven. You know, yeah. filming right? And yeah, the other This thing is the art is, of
1: this is the art of it, right? Right. It's and and like, if
0: it's funny, you might not do a extreme close up. But if it's really dramatic, yeah. you might do a closer shot so we can see the emotion. Yeah. But if it's funny, you might do a wider shot. And so what I'm just saying is, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do this. I'm just saying that being sensitive to the story and, and choosing your shots in response to what you're trying to do, and understanding that like you know, um, a really close-up shot is about emotion, and a wider shot is more about physicality, and yeah. and choosing to move the camera or pick a shot. Because you're paying attention to what the story needs and what the audience needs to get out of your story. Yeah. As opposed to just going, a close-up would look really good right now. I don't really care what genre it is or what movie
1: I'm telling. It's just like let's get yeah. a close-up. You know, it, you know what it's I'm it's interesting because you know I'm I'm just starting to get back into not like getting back into it, but in many ways I feel like I'm getting back into watching movies yeah. again. Sometimes I go through these things where I'm like, man, I've been watching lots of, of series and episodics lately which are great. Like there's a lot of great stuff in production value for these things have, have gone up, but there's still something like film still brings a whole new thing to the table, man. Like, you know, you watch a great movie and it's still like a TV show still doesn't bring you that same thing because a film. It's like, if you look at an episodic, like you look like there's still, there's still a, a, a tighter timeline to get these things done. Mm-hmm. You know, you're creating like 10 episodes of a one hour, you know, program, right? Like you're like, that's 10 hours of content. You don't have the time to like craft things the same way. Like when you're just doing like, all right, we're doing a one and a half to two hour picture here. right? And it's gonna, and we're gonna labor over these like two hours for the next, however many months a year
0: mm-hmm.
1: or something. And there's, there's just a, a quality to a film that's different. And there's a thoughtfulness, not that this doesn't exist in television because again, there's brilliant television, Mm -hmm. but I find that just like within a lot of film, like you can find this just like, just stuff that's just so extraordinarily crafted, you know, like the shots, the sets, like everything has just been so like, just meticulously poured over you know, every detail, things like the shot, you know, that's going to lend so much to how the, how the whole thing feels. Right. You know, no matter what you're doing, I know like one of my favorite comic actors, creators out there is, um, is Simon Pegg. And when him and, uh, was it Nick Frost, him, yeah, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, those, you know, the guys, Shaun of the Dead and, and, uh, Hot Fuzz and, and all of that, awesome comic gold. They like, even for them as performers, they're not even shooting it, but they understand the shots and the editing are as much a part of the comedy as the dialogue and the acting is right. They see it that way. So for them, like, and that's why some of their their stuff is just so good is Mm -hmm. because like, it's not just like, all right, we need to get this shot somehow. It's just like, what's the funniest way to get this shot? Right. What's the, like, what angle would just like add to this? What, you know, whether we push in or we pull back, like, yeah, I think that like that whole art form is just, is just extraordinary, but it's all, you know, that's the integrity of, of creating, you know, to serve the storytelling. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's,
0: it's interesting as a filmmaker too, because I think a fil- filmmaking is an interesting medium because if you're working from poor source material, it's really hard to like, you know, show what you can do as a filmmaker, because like you can do a lot, you can do some really great, like you can do some really great things, but like it really does come from the script. But if you're working from a great script, like that, if you are truly working from a good script, that's when you have a chance to really explore what you can do with the camera and the framing and yeah. the shots and the movement and all of this. And I think like, you know, um,
1: you know, I think that you have to be compelled, you know, if you're like yeah. as a director or Zach, exactly, you've got to be compelled by the material, Right. you know, like if you are compelled and, and, and you are, interested in, in the thing that you're doing and you're putting yourself into that, then I th- that I think that translates to what comes out, you know, on, on the other end from when the audience is then seeing it because it's like, I'm compelled because I can tell that the people who made it were compelled right. by what they were doing. Well, and I think that you're right. I mean, I think the more
0: compelled you are, the more excited you are about the material, the more passionate you are about it, the more you're going to find things in it that come from a place inside of you. That's hard to even describe. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, and I think like also filmmaking is an art and a science. It's an art in the sense that it it comes from someone's um, perspective, point of view, vision, uh, their feel, their sense of style. That's all the art. That's all personal and subjective. But then it's a science because there are fundamental practices, and principles that are consistent across every film, regardless of the genre, regardless of the style, regardless of the point of view. And so I think, you know, as a filmmaker, you know, you're, you're, it's a constant learning process. But one thing that, you know, one thing that is really important, I think, and it's a, it's, it's kind of demanded of filmmakers now more than ever, is that we are being mindful of how we're filming are projects. And I mean I don't think you have to be the best filmmaker ever. I don't think you have to always choose the best shots. Yeah. In fact you might choose a lot of shots that aren't even the best. But if they are coming from a authentically like story driven, motivated place, even if it wasn't the best shot you could do, but you thought about it in context of story and character, you're probably okay or at least genre. Yeah and
1: you're probably you're you're doing more than a lot of people are doing.
0: Right. Because if you're just capturing content and trying to make it look pretty then I just think like, you're going to have very shallow work, right? Yeah. And it's going to be kind of discombobulated in the editing room, because it's not going to necessarily, like, you might have a magic editor that kind of can figure out how to work it. But like, they're still working from a crap source material, because the editor works from the filmmaker source material, right? Yeah. So like, you know, so the, the filmmaker works from the writer's source material, the filmmaker or the editor works from the filmmaker source material, the producers work from all of their source material that they put together. So if everybody's like not doing their job or anyone in this process is kind of like, you know, not pulling their weight and not thinking and not putting like heart into it, you you get less than an ideal end result. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, I don't think shots can, they will necessarily always make or break a film, but they could like, like it could still work because I think right now we're in a time where people want content. Yeah. But I think we also have a lot of content to
1: choose from and we'll be pretty quick to be like, yeah, that was crap. I'm moving on. to It's like, you want thoughtful content, yeah. you know? And that's kind of what this is like. And we're just using kind of like cinematography as, as a vehicle for having this conversation right now. But this is, this goes for every single process and whatever, whatever you do, you know, like in, um, like in music, I've been like, I went and re sort of, um, mixed and sort of mastered a song I recorded with, with, with my buddy. And, you know, there was things that people brought to the table, you know, it was like, and, and that's kind of part of where it comes in where it's like, okay, well, what was like, what was this song all about? Where, where, you know, I want, to take this? How do I want this to feel? And so that's when you start tweaking things. It's like, it's like, Oh yeah, let's bring that organ up a little bit more like in this part. And then we'll bring it up a little bit more when the, when the course comes the third time through, you know, like there's just, it's all to, to fuel sort of the, the feeling maybe like music is maybe a little, has a couple of maybe subtle differences in the sense that it's like, sometimes you're just kind of operating more out of a feeling right? as opposed to, um, well, what's the story of this song? Right. It's, Cause like the song is like, well, it's not so, and it's not that it isn't a story, but it's not like, you know, a story beginning, middle and end mm. type of thing in the same way. But you know, you're, you're tweaking things, you're putting in instruments and not only after you put in instruments you're then adjusting how how much in the mix are they yeah. like <laughs> how much when you're listening to it do you hear it because what is it is it adding to it is it taking away or at what point like because there there it's very interesting because there are times with like certain things that were meant to be pulled back you didn't really notice it And it's like, oh, well, actually I want that to be a little bit more in the front. You know, I want that to come up. But if you bring it up too much, now it's taking away from it. Right. right? And you're just finding these little balances with it. But yeah, I find with music, at least it's like it, you're sometimes maybe operating a little bit more out of a feeling of what's, you know, the tone of it in a, in a kind of a broader sense, I suppose. But, uh, it does come down to like these, all of these little pieces, coming together. right, And, and if they're, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, it's all being focused to a point, right? Like it's, you know, the arrowhead right, type of thing. And it's all it just gotta be like, you're just all channeling all of these things, all of this energy into one spot
0: you know, I was reading, uh, I think it was, um, I've been reading a lot of filmmaker quotes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they, I'm reposting them onto like BC film Academy and our fan page and stuff, but there's this one that Francis Ford Coppola said, and he was what ta- a, hack. <laughs> yeah, was a real <laughs> hack, but I'm pretty sure it was him. And he was talking about, um, how like he, it's really important for him to have a theme. And, uh, you know, his, he, he, like, I, I don't necessarily think this is necessarily always the best way to go, but I think from a filmmaker point of view, it's great to have a one word theme. Just what's the one word that I'm always kind of going to. Mm. And he, he pointed out that he's like, um, I forget what the film was, uh, what the word was, but I don't know. It was something like secrecy or something like that. And so they, he was talking about how they, they brought him all these coats and he's like, which coat should we put him in? Humphrey Bogart or something like that or whoever it was. And he's like, well, um, he's like the film's about this and he's like secrecy or whatever. So he's like, you know, and so then he, he he kind of narrowed that down and then he could make a choice. Yeah. And so I think like when you're choosing your shots, it's kind of the same thing too. Like what's the, what's the theme and the feel you're going for. And if you can kind of have a, you know, like almost like a safe word, like what's the word I can always go to, to be like, what am I trying to do here? You know, what am I trying to do? And, and maybe maybe it changes a little bit from scene to scene, but there's probably a through line word of your whole story. And then each scene might have different words that add to that keyword, but like kind of know what you're trying to do. And then you can just kind of tailor everything towards that. And, um, at least you're coming from a place that's not random because I think like my issue and the reason why I'm even bringing this up is because I, you know, like I see, I see filmmakers, who make films and they move the camera and, and they're like, you know, shot, I really love the shot. And it's like, but like, they just love the shot because it's beautiful. Yeah. And this, I agree. It looks
1: great, but like it, what's it's not, ha, what's happening in the shot. Yeah. That's the thing was that this, matters. But yeah. you
0: chose the shot from a place of like, is it beautiful? Or did you choose it from a place that this was actually helping you tell your story? And yeah. I think, when you do it randomly, when it's aesthetic, sometimes you're going to hit, sometimes it's going to work. Yeah. But a lot of the time I think it's not. And I think what's going to happen is, you know, people, they're wondering like, why is my film like not the best fucking film ever? And it's like, well, maybe it's because you're not actually like in doing anything to inform the story. You're just trying to up your production value and make it look good. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm really kind of, you know, encouraging young filmmakers to be weary of staying away from. Yeah. Because like, I think sometimes you can... It's very seductive, you know, to just be like, "I want to make my film look good. I want to make it look like high quality." But like, the thing is, is that at the end of the day, we don't really go to see movies because they're high quality. We go to see them because they have great, impactful stories. Yeah. And the high quality adds to the story, but it's not the other way around. We don't yeah. go for the quality,
1: and I think sometimes we we think we do, but we don't really. Yeah. You know? It's interesting. I was, I was, our my my good friend, Alan Watts, good friend, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just listening to, uh, to, to another talk of his and, uh, and I was, I was thinking about it in terms of, um, of teaching, you know, as I'm trying to like, understand, like I, cause I'm kind of trying to learn how to be a better teacher, uh, for actors and stuff. And, and, uh, it it was very kind of interesting that I was, came across this at like this, this point, but basically was saying that like so much of how, and he was, he was speaking more so in terms of, you know, uh, philosophical and sort of like, uh, like spiritual figures throughout the course of history, have had a massive impact. Right. And, uh, and sort of how, how we kind of got to a lot of the place we have with, with religion and stuff like that. And basically saying like, well, you know, you had these people who came around who just, uh, were these incredible embodiments of, of love and compassion and understanding. And so what do you do? And he, he compared it to like when he was a kid, um, in school and, and his teachers were trying to get through to him and, and teach him how to be better in certain things. So what do you, he took the, people that he admired which were like some of the teachers and he just s- started to mimic them. He just tried to see like, oh, how, like what do they do? Like even copying the way that they wrote their mm. penmanship, trying to copy their penmanship as if that would like kind of mm. get him to be a better student. Right. Right? Um because that he's like, oh, that's what you've got to do. That's and that's what people want, right? Is is they want this. And uh so he was comparing this into as far as like religious, like, well, you watch all of these, you know, these figures and you start to see what they did. And then what you end up doing is you end up creating a bunch of rules (laughs) is what ended (laughs) up happening. Right. right? Right. Which are not necessarily like, they're not rules. This isn't exactly what was going on with this person, but it was just a way of trying to understand it. Right. And I was thinking about this in the same way for actors and and the problem that i see with a lot of actors out there. Right. And it's the same thing that you're saying with like with filmmakers. Um and as uh, as Alan Watson put it and i loved it and he said it's the tail wagging the dog. Hmm. Right? Like and it's and it's just it's infuriating it's infuriating and it um you know and it, and it goes absolutely nowhere. You have to and it's that whole thing where you're hoping that the, these rules and these tech and these techniques are going to make this thing what it is. Right. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, cause I think modeling is,
0: is a great form of learning, but then it, it gets taken too far. I mean I see that yeah. a lot with young filmmakers too is they do a shot that they saw some other filmmaker do. And they don't know like they're no, they don't really recognize why that filmmaker did that shot, but they liked but the shot like the shot and so cool. they do it. Like I don't know if you remember yeah. I think it was Michael Bay and he did that one. I think it was uh where it spins around the character. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Oh yeah. my god, everybody did that after that happened. Like every filmmaker's like, "I got to do my spinning Michael Bay shot." <laughs> and it's like yeah. but like, you know, I think the thing is, is like all of a sudden, you know, people get these ideas in their head that they need to do something a certain way. And it's yeah. like, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't see Michael Bay necessarily as the most, I want to say thoughtful filmmaker and, and but he is thoughtful in certain ways. Like if you look at what he does with action sequences, yeah. you know, he, he's not, he's not mindless about it. I I just said he's not necessarily the most mindful about it. Like, you know, if you take like Kubrick, who I'd say is the most mindful of mm-hmm. all filmmakers who thought out every little detail of every single shot he did yeah. to the point where he would do 120 something takes, yeah, right? Like this guy was meticulous to a degree that's probably almost too far.
1: That's almost like obsessive. Right.
0: Yeah. But you know, um, Michael Bay, I don't know if he, he, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say he's like in the same category as Kubrick, but like with at least being that selective about how he chooses to shoot, but he's effective in what he does. And also the other thing too, is in his style, in his way of making a movie, even if he's like, I want to make the coolest movie ever. He's like, authentic about making the coolest movie ever. Like you it might not be the most artistic film, but he like really consistently sticks with his, his style and he knows his brand and he delivers on it. And so I think the thing is, is like, if you want to be like a Michael Bay director, you got to be like, you got to understand what Michael Bay is doing And if you want to be like a Kubrick, you've got to understand what Kubrick is doing. All I'm saying is don't be random about it. Don't be a little Michael Bay and a little Kubrick and not really know what you're doing. Know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: like, it's like, no, there's a reason. Yeah. Like everything has a reason. Right. You know, like that makes, makes it necessary. You know, you're an actor. It's like, what's the, what makes this, this line necessary to be said? If you're, you know, a, a filmmaker, it's like, what makes this shot necessary? Um, you know, if you're a musician, it's like, what makes this, this chord or this, you know, this instrument necessary? You know, like, what does it bring to the table that is in service to the whole? Right. Right. Because if it's not in service to the whole thing, then it's bullshit. Right. Like, it's pretty, like, it's almost always bullshit. Yeah. You know, and if you can't think of a of a good reason for it, then you've got to either actually think of a good reason for it or you've got to ditch it.
0: Yeah. I think so. I think it's really just that simple. And I think it's like, you know, um, it, it, you know, I think if you're trying to tell a story, you're trying to make a movie, I mean, it's different. I think if you're trying to shoot like, say a proof of concept or something where you're, you know, you, you, it's not necessarily, the story is a little bit more like a trailer. It's a little more like disconnected shot shot. You still need to figure out your feel, but you don't necessarily, have to tie things together as much, but like, you know, like the way a thriller is shot, the way a comedy is shot, the way a drama is shot, horror film, they all have, um, you know, different ways of being shot. And, and it's because of the nature of the narrative, you yeah. know? And when you understand the narrative, then you can choose your shots in a better way. And I think the same thing goes for probably music or painting or anything. I mean, it's like, you know, um, y- you know, if you were doing like, say, uh, um, I don't know, what is it? charcoal painting, right? You're not going to, you, you know, you're not going to all of a sudden put like regular pastel paint or, you know, or whatever other type of paint onto your charcoal paint, unless you had this idea of combining charcoal and combining some other type of paint and figuring out how to put these two things together. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just kind of randomly doing it, you might stumble across something and that if that's your goal, that's fine. It's like artistic experimental. Sure. Yeah. But like, it's more of an exercise. I think the other thing too, is like, we talk a lot about the, the balance between artistry and industry. And I think like, you know, if you want to be a artistic filmmaker who can also work in the industry or an industry filmmaker who can also be a little more artistic, you need to figure out how to do more than on the industry side, just capture the thing. And on the artistic side, more than just doing something that looks neat, you know, yeah, you need to figure out how to make them actually kind of have a relationship with each other. So they make sense. And at least they need to make sense in your mind. And I think if you're ever going to do a shot for aesthetic, you should be like, am I like, can I, can I sneak this aesthetic shot in for one? If you're just like, is there a reason why it could work to like make it make sense? Or is every other shot just about aesthetics? Cause if every shot is about aesthetics, then it might actually work in a weird way because it's just all about looking good. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, I don't know, like maybe it won't at all. I don't know. But, but I think think it all
1: depends on, on, uh, Yeah. What you're, what you're making, right. The type of film that you're making at the end of the day though. I mean, we've talked about this on other podcasts.
0: I mean, we've come to this conclusion over and over and over again, people care about story, regardless of how much our visual effects go, regardless of how much technology we develop, we all still care about story.
1: Well, I think of like, I think of, of, um, who I think is one of the, one of the great directors out there right now, uh, French Canadian director, Denise Villeneuve, um, who did Arrival and, um, uh, uh, I was about to say Serpico, Sicario, Sicario. (laughs) and Sicario, and and he's done the new Blade Runner movie. I mean, I know he works with the same, like, like, D.O.P., like all the time, because obviously like we talked about, he has a good trusting relationship, but I think it's also because it's a partnership, you know, because he's trying to tell a story in the most effectual way possible. I think of all his films are so visually striking, but they all bring something to the story Mm -hmm. that like, just kind of pulls you in as an audience member. Like, you know, those, some of those shots in arrival, like they're, they're not for no reason. You know, I, like, I think of like that one shot, um like early on where they first come into the ship and there's just like this divide between this wall of light and them on the other end. You know like it's just like that's not just for no goddamn reason. Like this shot is like for one it looked beautiful. Like it was like that's why I think he's so great is he knows how to like they know how to do like something like, create a beautiful shot but it's not just for its own sake, right? It's like, it's there to show like this, oh my God, like this, this chasm between like this unknown thing and, and the people that we are, you know, like there's right. so much that's happening within these things that you don't, like when you actually start to talk about it and you break it down, you're like, oh wow, this is, there's so much that goes into it. It's like, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, they're not just a bunch of random, it's not just a bunch of random shit thrown up at the wall. Right. You know, it's like these shots were selected, you know, they were, they poured over these things. They thought about these things. They thought, what does this say? What does this communicate? How does how is this going to make people feel, you know? And feeling is always kind of the big, big thing. It's like, what's this going to make people feel, 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 sort of the whole thing. Right. Because the ideas and the, and the sort of a lot of the intellectual side of the story should probably have already been dealt with, in the script, right. you know, the ideas are being spoken and being communicated now. It's like, okay, now you've got to somehow get the feelings get, because like, it's really through artistic medium and through emotion that we are able, and we talked about this on another podcast, which is kind of the cool thing about art and what's there. It's like, it's there to give us an emotional connection to ideas, Yeah, you know, for us to more fully understand something rather than just being told something. Right right? It's just like, oh, we get to experience it. We get to experience a concept, an idea in an emotional way that helps us to connect to it more deeply, right? And maybe learn something a little bit more deeply. I think you hit the
0: nail on the head. It is really about emotion and emotional impact. Actually, one of my favorite books is right up there, Writing for Emotional Impact. Mm. Um, I forget the name of the writer, but... Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not that writing doesn't include it does it shouldn't or doesn't include, it definitely has to have an emotional impact, but it's like the filmmaking enhances
0: what the emotion yeah. is supposed to be coming out of the script. Yeah. You know, there's a saying, they say, they'll never remember what you said or what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yeah, And that is, that is film and art. That, that's what it's all about. It's like, if you feel it, you'll remember it. It will matter to you. But if you don't yeah. feel anything, it will be like there and gone, like yeah. nothing. And it's what you felt. I mean, every memory we have, every memory in our own life, the reason why we remember most of the stuff we remember is because we felt something yeah. because it, it mattered. It made an impact. And, you know, we can, we can get as intellectual as we want about it. But really it was like, what were you feeling? What was going on? Yeah. There? Like, why do you remember this shit? you remember it because feeling fucking drills that shit into you. Yeah. And then it stays with you because it makes a difference and it impacts you. Right. And so the thing is, is like, you're right. I mean, with all these shots and we're talking about all this stuff and music and whatever, it's about how do we drill in some emotion here? How do we get through the fucking surface barrier and, and leave them with something that actually matters and makes an impact. And like you know, I think about like, for example, I think about this movie, like uh, Fight Club, right? When I saw that movie, I remember I walked out of the theater and I was like, what the hell did I just see? But I remember like, it it, it just hit me in a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. And I walked out and then it wasn't for another week or two later. I'm like, that was a fucking incredible film. Yeah. But like, it, it took time to hit me. Yeah. You know, same with well, a lot of, like a lot of the films that I really like, they had a really like profound emotional impact in one way or the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and and that's kind of the way to really, and it can be kind of a confusing, it can kind of screw you up a little bit, you know, um, where it's like something hits you, hits you on an emotional level. Um, but it kind of goes against what you think or what you believe sometimes, you know, it's like when there's a character, like the, you know, something like breaking bad, you know, like here's, this guy, here's Walter White and what happens to him throughout the course of that story. You're like, you know, there were times when I was just felt so disappointed, you know, (laughs) and sad about what was happening, you know, and, and, and upset and whatever. But it was because it like, it was screwing with me because, because I just, there were actions that he took that I just disagreed with. I'm like, no. And I just, part of me says like, no, you're this, what you're doing is, is wrong. But at the same time, I feel so much compassion for you, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of it. And I'm like, ah, like, yeah, it's like your head and your, and your heart are trying to like make sense of everything. Right. Right. And I mean, that's kind of the cool thing that like art and, and especially through storytelling and storytelling mediums, it's amazing because it's like, you've got this idea, which was, you know, the, the writer who had an idea, there was an idea that they want to communicate through these characters and what have you. Sometimes it was a feeling sometimes again, more so like maybe in music, there's a feeling that you're trying to just express in words and, and, and through music. Um, But then it's like, you have these people who are then trying and and you have the audience on this other side of it. And it's like, now we're just trying to connect you together mm. in some way, you know? And that's usually through the emotional parts of it all, right? You've got a cinematographer, you've got a director, you've got actors, and when they're all working together to try and like connect an audience to this this thing, this idea, this feeling, right? And everyone's in service to that thing. It's like it's really it's like we're all just trying to reach into you and find a connection.
0: Mm.
1: You know, like we're it's everyone's just a connecting line to this idea, you know, and trying to do it in the deepest, most profound way that we can possibly get to. Right. You know, and that's kind of part of the struggle of, of art, you know, and you're like, like, did we do this the best way we could have? It's like, well, you'll never really know. Yeah. But you make your, you know, you make the best fucking attempt that you can. Right. It's always about the attempt, you know, art's never really ever about the, you know, the art part of it isn't ever really about the, f- the end product. Right. It's really all about the attempt that happened in making it. Right. right? Yeah. And where everybody's head and heart was at when they right. were doing it, you know,
0: you know, I'm, I'm working with one screenwriter right now and this screenwriter is constantly like, you know, is my writing good? Is my writing good? And I'm in you no know, had this big talk. And I think it really resonated with them. I'm like, it doesn't matter if your writing is good or not. It's like irrelevant. All that matters is, is your writing emotionally impacting the audience? Is it, are we getting it? Are we feeling something? Like if you want to be a good writer, emotionally impact, because like I could say, oh yeah, you're a good writer because you know how to put dialogue together and you know how to structure your action sequences. Like who gives a shit? What matters is like, you could write basically chicken scratch, but if you make me feel something out of it, then it doesn't matter in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? And so like, the thing is, is like with the script, yeah. Okay. You got to put it back. You got to put it into like structure and whatever. Fine. Okay. That's easy. Like that doesn't, that's not hard. I can teach you that in like an hour, like less, you know, (laughs) but like
1: the technical stuff is easy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you go through a story and make me cry or laugh or get angry or get agitated or feel suspense or feel like something. And if I feel something, then your writing is good. That's how I look at it. And so I think like a lot of writers, um, you know, when I see this, you know, very experienced writers who in my personal opinion are not that good at writing because, and they don't know why they're not professionals. And this is this, I'll tell you the fucking answer right now. you're great at writing dialogue. You're great at writing action, your story structure, your concept. It's all great. But here's the problem. I feel nothing when I read your script. There's
1: no heart. Because there's
0: no heart in it. Because <laughs> yeah. you did all, you it's like you read a book and then you did everything and you dotted all the yeah. I's and whatever. You executed you that masterfully. Thing. Yeah. It has no fucking heart. And so like, it you know, you don't necessarily want a script to be all heart and no yeah. no structure, no like concept, no whatever. Yeah. But you gotta bring both,
1: you know what yeah. I mean? It's the mess and the math or yeah, the, it's the like mess the, and the math. Yeah. or as uh yeah, I love Daniel DeLosi says mining in the muck. Right. You know, it's just like you gotta dive into that muck and you're not getting into the muck because that's the kind feel. of that's yeah. that's kind of being human, man. Like it's a bit mucky you know, that's it's what not what being perfect. human is. Exactly. Is feeling. And right. that's the thing is like, then like, you know, something that's just comp- all complete, you know, perfect structure. And if that's all it is, we go, then what good is it? Yeah. In many ways you're kind of like, well, what good is it? You know, like it's, there's nothing, there's nothing ugh, about it. You know, it's like, there's, there's, there's missing a, there is that whole human element missing of it because we're not perfect and it's not meant to be perfect. There's no, Yeah, there's none of that kind of human shit Mm -hmm. in here, you know. And that's and and I think that whole thing is like, how do you? Because then the question is like, well, how do I emotionally impact somebody, you know? And to me, that's
0: the first question you ask.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, to me, it's like that's that's you getting honest, right? You know, that's you getting as honest as you possibly can with with this story, with the material from your through your point of view, your experience what is your human, your human emotional connection to this? Right. What moves you about this story? That's what you need to write. That's what you need to build into it. Right. Because you don't necessarily know it's going to move other people, but you will be able to know when you yourself are being moved. And when you're right, I know from my experience, like usually if I'm feeling moved about something that's going on in it, then I'm onto something. Right. You know, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go back and edit the shit out of it at some point. And who knows, maybe it gets cut. I don't know, but it, you need to have that level of connection to your work on, on your own level. If you have want to have any hope and prayer that somebody else is going to have that kind of connection to it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think there's so many scripts out there, like just talking about scripts for a second. There's so many scripts out there. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear, you read in a lot of writing books and you, you know, you hear a lot of like, I don't know, I want to call them amateur screenwriting teachers because they don't actually work in the industry, but they seem to be teaching everybody about screenwriting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like they, they talk about all the right things to do to write a script, but they don't talk about how do I make someone feel something. And the thing is, is, here's the thing about feeling is like I don't, I don't know if I can necessarily tell you exactly how to do it. Like with like a, like a paint by numbers model. Cause it doesn't work like that. No. I would say, read this book, writing for emotional impact, read that. That will help. Cause he does one of the best jobs ever of like helping someone understand how emotion works in scripts. But like what you need to do is you need to go, okay, like what, what, agitates me? What hurts me? What makes me angry? What you touch with your feelings and then go, okay, like, how would I kind of communicate that? Like, you know, what was it about that? And you've got to kind of break down your own process. And I think the thing is, is like, we live in it, like the hardest thing for writers right now, this is, this is my theory on why writers and even a lot of artists struggle is that we're in a society that constantly tells us to mask our feelings. And I mean, I, I get caught up in it too. I do the same thing. And it's like, you know, you're not feeling good, watch TV, eat something, you know, buy something, do something, just feel good all the time. And so every time you're like feeling something, take a pill for that, you know, do all this <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, check your phone, whatever the fuck it is. It's all designed to get you to avoid feelings. So we're in a practice of avoiding feelings. And what you need to do is you're sitting in somewhere and you get the urge to pick up your phone. Cause you feel like for whatever reason, don't do it hold, don't, do not pick your fucking phone up. Leave it in your pocket and sit alone and wait and see how you feel. That is writing and write that shit. And what do you, what's going on is now, now, y- you know, you're sitting alone and you have no friends with you and you're waiting and you're not sure what to do. And you're just alone with your thoughts and your feelings. That is fucking gold. Now mind the shit out of that. Do not pick up your phone, leave your phone at home, you know, or put your hand over it and do not look at it. And resist the urge to do the thing. You're about to watch TV? Do not watch TV. Stop. Sit on your couch or do whatever and just sit there and deal with doing nothing and feel what that is. Then you'll be a writer. That's what writing is. Writing is sitting there and I'm, you know, I get passionate about this shit because writing is sitting there and I, and I know this. If there's one thing that I know in this life. It's this. You sit there and you look at that blank fucking page for one hour and if you can't write shit, then you feel that. You feel what that's like. And I'll tell you what, you do that, you're going to become a writer. But it's the writer who sits there and is willing to stare at the fucking wall and just be with themselves. Because I'll tell you, man, I've cried in cafes. Like, I fucking balled my eyes out writing scripts. Like, and that's hard for me to be in public and to like be a guy and to fucking cry and be creating this, but I'm doing it. Cause I know that like when someone reads this shit, it's going to make them fucking heartbreak too. Yeah. And that's what has, that's the only thing. If I have anything that's ever made me get paid to be a writer, it's that. And like, you know, I'm just trying to take that ability and, 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 and push it further because I feel like I've only touched the surface of it. But yeah, I think the difference between like writing something and telling a story and actually making someone feel a story is you got to be with your discomfort. Yeah. You know, it's all easy to feel good. It's easy to be distracted.
1: And, And all of this kind of like shit that you think it, it needs to be to be good. You know, it's like the, the smallest truth is better than, than the greatest lie. Yes you know, cause the greatest lie is all bullshit. Everyone can see that it's bullshit, you know, like upon like not even close inspection, just a little inspection. You're like, Oh, this is all shit, isn't it? (laughs) Right. But it's like, just tell a small truth, like tell a small truth. I don't even care, man. Like that, that will give some, some heart to your work, you know, but it requires that you take the risk of, of exposing yourself, exposing you know, your thoughts and your feelings on whatever f- the fucking subject matter is that you're dealing with. Right. You know, like as, as artists, we all have, there's whatever work that we embark upon There's subject matter
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you have thoughts and you have feelings and there's a reason why you feel compelled to do this. Thing. Right. Right. You know, it's like, it's funny as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about like the last script that I wrote. And I'm just realized, you know, Jim Carrey, you said that things like sometimes you don't know why you even did a work until like a year <laughs> later. And you realize there's something being expressed through you that sure. you didn't even understand. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm just thinking about this script that I wrote. <laughs> I am just like, whoa, this is like so true. Hmm. So true. Maybe that's for another day of conversation because <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is like completely something like, I didn't know why I thought I'm like, I just felt very passionate about telling this one particular story, but there's so many elements that are going on in this story that I didn't even necessarily fathom, you right. know, I wasn't consciously aware of. And now I'm seeing, and that's kind of the funny thing is that like, there's all of this shit and you usually uncover it as you go back over them, you know, later on and you start to see, it's like, Oh wow. How did I do that? you know, like you don't even understand how you did it. It's like, this is just shit that was going on subconsciously for you. Right. You know, that just kind of made its way into it, you know, and was like exercise out. It's like, that's kind of one of the, the most awesome, miraculous parts of, of, you know, creating with authenticity and honesty Mm -hmm. is that you discover these things, you know, upon further examination or going back through it or doing that rewrite or whatever it is, you know, you're just like, Oh, wow. I didn't even realize what I needed to communicate. Yeah. You know, like, but there it is like, and you can't, you can't deny it. Like, it's just like, Holy shit. This is so much shit that I've, you know, I have been going through or I had gone through. I just didn't realize, right. It's, um, It's really freaking cool, man. And that's, yeah, that's just like being like coming from the heart and being honest and, and with, with your subject matters, these things come out, these colors, these textures that you didn't even plan on. Yeah you know, that's kind of, and that's kind of magic. Cause there's the shit that you plan on, yeah. you know, there's shit that you conscious. And that's kind of like your focus. You're like, okay. And you need that. Right. And you're just like, this is what I want to say. This is my theme, you know, and I am compelled to, to tell this story. Right. And then as you start telling the story and you're like, okay, well, you know, oh, okay. There's this character and there's this character and there's this character, you know, they, they all start to kind of come in to, to fuel the sign. then all of a sudden you start to realize, I didn't realize what was going on with these characters and how they were actually, they're communicating all of these other ideas that I didn't even plan on communicating. Right. You know, but that's, that's like, you don't get that when you try and hold and contrive everything. That's when you don't allow yourself to get into the muck of your, you know, humanity and your honesty. When you're thinking too much. When, yeah, when you're just trying to try to plan and just make everything structured. Yeah. You're trying to make everything just a, just a cog in the machine, you know, just like when it just becomes like that, like you, you're going to miss out on that that juice. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you shared that because, you know, writing on, on spec or writing for hire, like, um, I, I, I think it's a great moment for you to kind of explain because I've written a lot on spec. I've written, uh, I've written a bunch on hire now But writing on spec, on speculation that it will sell and make money, and writing for hire where you're actually getting paid to write before you even write it, um, is a different experience. And the thing is, on spec is actually I find pretty easy because I can do that process you're talking about, where I can just be like, in my heart, I have a story to tell, and I don't know why, and I'm going to take my free time and I'm going to write a script. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I want to do it. But when you write for hire, you have to kind of. Um, you know, well, it depends how you get it. I mean, I, am sure it's different for different writers, but for me, usually I get handed a concept or an idea and then I have to, I have to make it my own kind of thing. Um, that's a little bit different because I have to find what inspires me about it, which is a, a kind of, it's weird because it's backwards because usually when I write on spec, I'm inspired to tell a story. And so then I come up with a story with this, the story has been come up with. So now I have to find inspiration what's already, it's weird. It's like backwards. So it's harder to write on hire. So like for all those writers out there, and I'm sure there's a lot of you who are listening, like, um, you know, when you're writing on spec right now, before you're hired, you need to learn how to on your own, from your own heart call from that. Because when, when you write for hire and it's not your own necessarily your script, if you want to do that road, it's going to be harder. I I don't
1: know how to explain. It's just not the same because it's, like, I think that the challenge is, is that, you know, and the thing is that you, you in many ways have to have a greater level of, of trust in yourself Yeah. in, in a lot of ways than like doing your own stuff. Like you have to, and that you've been hired because you bring a certain thing to it, you know, and even though they want you to write a certain story, you still have to go, okay, I understand that you want me to write this story and I'm going to write this story but you have to understand that I'm ripping the story away from you. Yeah. Like that's the hard lesson I've had to learn. That's the, and that's, and and I, I get that, you know, (laughs) because you're like, oh shit, you know, I got to please, you know, like you, there's more of that feeling of I've got to please these people because they want this story, but you have to trust like, well, they hired me to do this story. So I've got to bring me to it. Right. And that might mean, um, you know, like maybe you've got to like, make a couple of choices in there that you're not quite sure how anyone's going to feel about it but it's it's how you feel about it mm-hmm. right you still have to come back to that place
0: yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting process yeah
1: how what do you think of this beer it's great it's going down going down nice and easy let me just uh
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a pale ale i would say very drinkable Um, nice kind of a little bit of hop, but nice malty finish, almost kind of fruity. Yeah. Um, but nothing too crazy. I like it. I drink it again. I'm not sure.
0: So I'm not sure if we've had this on the podcast before. I like, I was like, have we, I don't think we have, but maybe we have, but it's one of my favorite beers. I mean, I drink it all the time. It's one of my most popular chosen go-to craft beers of all. Um, and I'm sure you'll know what it is when I bring it out here, but it's called gypsy tears.
1: Oh, gypsy tears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. this is, uh, I, I, I really love this beer
1: and, um, yeah, it's, it's a classic for sure. Uh, yeah, it's a Ruby ale. Yeah. From parallel 49. Yeah. One of, uh, one of the big breweries here in Vancouver. And it's, yeah, it's one of those beers that it's like, it's, for me, it's like a a standby. Yeah. Like like it's pretty readily available. Yeah. Where you like around, around the city. And if there's nothing else that looks appealing to you (laughs) on the tap list and they got gypsy tears, you're like, perfect. Right. (laughs) It's just one of those beers that's good any time of year. Yeah. Um, and
0: it's, you know, it's one of their, like, it's one of their consistent beers. It's like one of their fan favorites, right? So I don't know. It's, it's solid. I, I really like this beer. Definitely. I and mean, yeah, I don't think we had it before. I'm not,
1: I mean, yeah, I'm not sure we may have, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I know. mean, you
0: know what? There's nothing wrong with repeating a good,
1: uh, a yeah, good beer. Absolutely. You know? Um, um, so, uh, shall we wrap this baby up? Yeah, sure. is kind of a quick one today. Yeah, no, let's do it. Um,
0: okay. Well, uh, I don't know. What's the, what's the takeaway? I mean, we talked about filming, we talked about honoring the story and we talked a lot about emotional impact. Um, those were, those were the key points that I really took away from it.
1: Yeah. Like to me, it's like this, this conversation has been about like, what is fueling your creative decisions? Like, you know, like where are you working from? Like, are you working from that, you know, that juicy, authentic, honest place of, of, you know, feeling inside of you doesn't mean you don't, you abandon the structure doesn't mean you abandon the technique, but you know, uh, you know, you are wagging the tail, Tail's not wagging you, Mm. right? And if the tail is wagging you, go back to square one. You know? (laughs) Go back to the start. And, you know, find find that connection. Because um there's just like Yeah, I mean I I feel like we we talk about this so often on the show, but it's that's usually when you're when we're stumbling across something that's got at least a grain of truth in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is you know to to be honest and to and to be vulnerable say something dive into that muck that's to me like that's what I'm getting out of this like yeah you got to like learn the, learn all the technique learn learn it all that's so wonderful but just remember that that is not the place that you work from right yeah, yeah that's
0: the technique i think the technique helps like emotions, chaos. And I think the technique helps you keep the motion in line, but
1: if you don't direct it,
0: Yeah. But if you don't even have any emotion, it doesn't matter how in line you stay. So I think, um, you know what I'm kind of taking from this is, um, kind of almost like emotions. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain, it is other than maybe it's like pouring a bunch of gasoline everywhere. Right. It's just like, fucking, it's just like ignited, Right. And it's yeah. like, it, and it's like everything is like, catching fire, but then technique is like blowing the wind. Like, where do you want to direct that fire? Where do you want to, you know, where do you want to push that or, or, you know, and the thing is like, you know, it, it, it might take you, it might catch something that the wind can't even direct anymore. It just starts burning something. Right. And like, I don't know, like I, I'm thinking like emotion's kind of one of those things where when I'm like in the zone and I'm writing and I'm tapped into the emotion, sometimes the emotion leads me somewhere that's totally unsuspected and surprising. And so I think like what I'm taking away from this is that it starts by by like the chaos of emotion and then using the technique and knowledge and awarenesses to direct that that feeling. But but before I ever choose any techniques or Whatever, or, or awareness is, is like to always go back to the source material, the emotion, which is like, what do I feel about this? What matters to me about this? What am I trying to say? What's the burning desire here? Right? Yeah. And so I think, like, what I'm gonna do as an artist just going forward is before I do anything, before I write, I actually gotta redo uh, an outline for a script tomorrow when I sit down tomorrow in the morning, I'm just going to really be like, what do I feel? And what what like, what is it about this story that ignites me or like, you know, whatever. And I'm going to try to amp that feeling up as much as possible. And then from there, I'm going to let the outline get formed out of that as opposed to doing the thing as like, well, I know a story is kind of structured like this. And so I'll do this. And I know that, you know, like, I'm going to kind of try to work more from an inspiration of my emotion as opposed to trying to do it systematic. And um I mean it sounds so obvious to say out loud, but um yeah, I don't know, that's what I'm gonna do. And I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play with like leading with emotion a little more. Yeah. I'm letting that kind of fuel me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just knowing you know it's because like there's a few podcasts back, you know, and I'd call it it's like with every, every work that you do, find yourself Hmm. in this, you know, ask yourself, it's just like, what do I think? What do I feel about this? You know, what do I want to do with this? Right. You know, connect to your, connect yourself to, to that work first and foremost, before you do anything else. And yeah, I think it's kind of like that. Okay. All right. Cool, man. Well, it's been another good one. be any...